So welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. Welcome to the Strange on Purpose podcast. I'm Izzy. Let's get rolling. I'm Izzy, and I'm excited to have on Byron Stewart from Foot Locker today. Super, super, super dope dude. And like everything that we've talked about in Strange on Purpose to this point with all the different guests, with all the different topics, I think Byron has one of the most, the strongest stories, I should say. And it's it's something that people can really relate to. And it's something, it's a story that people can really take and have actionable items. So I'm super excited to get this recorded and release it to all of you. So Byron, thanks for jumping on. Izzy, man, I'm glad to be here. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the podcast, man. I know it was funny. We, we met at an event and, you know, you told me, yo, I should get you on the podcast. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. And you know how it goes <laughs> in the industry. Sometimes you see people and they say, yo, let's let's connect. And you guys never connect. So um, you're, you're definitely a man of your word. So I do appreciate uh, you coming through and having me on the show. I appreciate you. I'm, I'm super excited for you uh, to obviously tell your story. I'm honored that uh, you were still down after a very long night of Maker's Mark and uh, very <laughs> very good uh, tunes. But from my perspective, there's going to be a lot of people tuning in today, Byron, that may not know who you are, uh, may not know what your role as a Foot Locker is or anything like that. Do you want to kind of give a little bit of a background as to who you are and what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my name is Byron Stewart. I'm from Jersey City, New Jersey. So I'm a Jersey kid. Um, born and raised, but I currently am the social media manager at Foot Locker. If you guys don't know what Foot Locker is, that is one of the major footwear retailers in the world, essentially. So uh, I do handle their social media platform strategy behind that, um, and also the content creation um, from those major brands under Foot Inc. Um, but yeah, uh, I started out in marketing uh, pretty much right out of school, but I necessarily wasn't in, in the industry per se always had ambitions of getting into the sneaker and streetwear industry because I was very passionate about streetwear, uh, fashion. That's just something we all grew up on where I'm from and where everyone's mostly from in the inner city. But, you know, I definitely want to combine my passion for business and uh, sneakers into something that can eventually get me paid and uh, have a nice career, which I didn't figure out until later. Um, but I'm actually here now. So excited to kind of dive in how I got to where I'm at now. You've had very, very big stops. If you look at your LinkedIn, your resume, or you, you hear you talking about everywhere that you stop, Amazon, Jimmy Jazz, uh, Foot Locker, and countless others that you, these massive brands that people strive to work at on an everyday basis. So when we talk about your journey, give us a little bit of an, an insight as to like how that journey has looked from 16-year-old Byron to today. Man, that's a that's a great a great uh, a great question. Uh, so let's say let me go back to when I was sixteen. Obviously, that was the high school years, the good old days on on MySpace. When you, you know you, <laughs> you have your girlfriend as your profile pic, all those good stuff. But uh, um, yeah, at sixteen, I again I didn't know anything about marketing uh, at that age. I think kind of growing up, it was always go to school, get a good job, like go to college and get a good job. So. That's what we were taught. Um, my twin brother and I have a twin, um, but essentially we were taught go to school, get a great job, and usually 
if it's in business or a law or in medical field, engineering, like that's kind of the route we're all taught we should go at some point. But uh, in high school, shout out to my high school first um, in Jersey City, they actually had a something called a magnet program. And basically it was this program that um, kind of taught kids about different fields and in, in, uh, in business or in general. So I actually took a marketing and tourism class um, and it introduced me to a whole world information about marketing. What is marketing? Like how many businesses utilize marketing, why it's important. And then like there was a page and one of these gigantic old textbooks that we had to read and actually talked about like marketing in different industries and it brought up sports and it brought up like music. And I was just like, wait, time out. You mean to tell me I can like be a fan of the Yankees or the Knicks and work for them and, and do marketing. So that kind of like just changed my entire perspective. So it actually convinced me to study marketing in school um, in college, I should say, uh, once I got to that level. So study marketing, did my thing there, of course, graduated. And I kind of realized senior year, like, yo, I want to get into the industry, um, sneaker industry per se, but how do I get there? And I didn't know anyone really through, you know, networking at the time or contacts. So basically I just took some internships, got an internship at MTV, which is actually pretty dope. That kind of showed me the media side mm. of the business. And at that time it was like my sweet 16, um, Jersey Shore was on his last leg. So <laughs> actually got introduced to like marketing for those shows. It was pretty much the department at the time was called consumer marketing. And it really put me on these different shows and taught me how to work with agencies and, and how to like plan media and, you know, create tactics to, to bring awareness to shows and stuff like that. So that really introduced me to like marketing as a whole um, and actually doing it for like a major, a major brand or company, I should say, which is Viacom. Uh, so that was a great experience, right? So I took that internship, took a lot of knowledge from that. Cool. Um, but I didn't like jump in, out the gate and get like a fire job at like Nike or something like that. What happened out of school, like, you know, it was more so like, yo, you need to get a job now to start paying these loans off and like get comfortable yeah. in the real world. And that's the reality for a lot of folks. So essentially I did end up at Amazon. Um, and it was Amazon, of course, owns a host of companies. And this company per se uh, was an e-commerce based company that eventually transformed into, into jet.com if anyone knows what uh, um, website that is. But basically I was there uh, handling, uh, I was an affiliate marketer there as really as a coordinator. Um, and social media was very new for brands at the time. So in addition to my affiliate marketing task, daily task, they actually had me like manage their Twitter and Facebook and was mainly like customer service, wasn't really that much engagement because at that time really brands didn't understand how to engage with their customers like that. It was very, it was very service oriented. So it was like, oh, I have a problem, problem with my order. Can you help me um, type of type of thing? However, it just taught me a lot about e-commerce and the and the relationship between social media and e-commerce and how you need both to strengthen your brand and really provide a, a journey for customers to buy products and stuff like that. So it was really technical, but I learned a lot, but it was about diapers and like pet food and stuff like that. And I was <laughs> not into it. I was like, nah, this can't, this can't be life. Uh, so I always wanted to, again, get into st the streetwear sneaker, sneaker industry, always was following it. Obviously at during that time, this is like, this is like, I, I can't, I can't even think right now, but it was probably like the 2015 era. So streetwear was like really, really blowing up on the mainstream side. And then you have like the Ronnie Fags of the world killing it and just everyone get into sneaker culture, right? It's no longer um, this small niche, um, I guess, 
you know, small niche community that people, if you really knew about sneakers, you were in it, but now everyone wants to get on it because celebrities and stuff like that. So with that said, I was like, I was really, really set on getting into the industry and how to figure that out, but I didn't know anyone, right? So to get to that, that story part, uh, I was actually at this job um, at Amazon. I was on Twitter, shouldn't have been on Twitter, on my personal Twitter, <laughs> wasting time. And then I see a tweet from Kif, because, you know, we all follow Kif and any other uh, major brand at the time, streetwear um, that did drops. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I uh, saw a tweet from them and they said, yo, we're hiring meet us at such and such address right now. And this is when Kif was a part of Atrium uh, right on Broadway. So this is like the first Kif location in, in the city. So they were like, yo, meet us here. The tweet literally said, meet us here. We're hiring for like a retail associate, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wow. So I kind of thought about it. I was like, should I go? But I'm like, man, I'm actually working. There's no way I should just leave my job. Like, how the hell am I going to leave my job and just go apply at Kif? That sounds crazy. But something inside me was like, yo, if you don't do it now, it's never going to happen. So I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. So I made up a BS story, told my manager, yo, I'm not feeling well. I got to go. <laughs> By the grace of God, they let me go. And I jumped on a train. And luckily, I was not too far from the city. Only like 20 minutes for train ride. So I got there. Um, I literally like left my job within like 10 minutes of receiving that tweet. So like, luckily, I was one of the first people in line. I was probably like the third person in line uh, in New York City um, at the Kiff store waiting to be interviewed. And literally, like within 10 minutes of waiting, I turned around and there was like a line all the way around the block, like going all around, all the way um, down Broadway, like towards the Adidas store. If you're familiar with the, the Soho area, that's exactly where I was at. Um, and that line was crazy because everyone wanted their chance to like, you know, obviously join Ronnie's team because Kiff was killing it and they're still killing it now. Um, so basically, uh, waited uh, for my chance to go in and get an interview, met the team there for the first screening. And uh, they were like, yo, we're going to give you a call. Um, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. So I, I really was, I really was happy that I made the decision to go and get interviewed. Like I didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if, if, uh, you know, I was even going to do well, if I even would have the time to, to make the interview, would I be like the, the hundredth person in line, what even happened, but it did. Right. Because I was able to, just suck it up and make this move because I really wanted to happen. So I did my interview. I felt like I did well. Um, and I, I guess I did because they hit me up probably like two days later, the email was like, yo, you know, come in and meet Ronnie and the team. So I uh, went to Kiss main office on Broadway. I, I don't think they're there anymore at all. Their main office at that point. Uh, so that was like my first time in like this cool, like brand um, office space in the city. Like it was like the culture that I always wanted to like to, to, to be in and actually working. So I was like, yo, this, this is definitely my journey. This is where I want to go. I just love the vibe here and like be able to create around product that you actually wear yourself and you're passionate about. It's just amazing to me. And that just convinced me like, yo, this is exactly all I want to do. And that's just me stepping foot into Kip. I'm like, yo, this is it. Like whatever I choose to do next, like I'm going to be in the industry. I don't care what happens. So yeah, I got a chance to interview with Kiff. And at that time, the team was, guess was small. And I got a chance to meet Ronnie directly. Like I walked in the room and five minutes later, he like came in and sat down at the table. And I was just like, yo, this is Ronnie. Like, this is Ronnie right across from me. That's crazy. But I kept my cool, of course. I was low key, like being a fan in my head, but I kept it cool. I was very, very confident in, in my presentation and everything like that. So we, you know, did the interview. Um, 
I did I did really well. The team was digging me. Uh, you know, Ronnie had a few jokes about <laughs> asking me about like why would I want to work for Kiff and like what do I do now? And I told him like, yo, I'm doing you know this marketing thing, but I'll drop it right now to work for Kiff. Like this is exactly what I want to do. And uh, he was like, are you sure? Are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I'm positive, man. Like I don't care if the money is this low or not saying it was low at the time, but I don't care if it's this amount or whatever. I just want to get my foot in the door and be able to be at you know be at service for the brand. So it was a really good conversation, man. And um, I left there feeling great. I was able to meet the team and that really just solidified uh, my passion of wanting to get my foot in the door. So I was just pumped up after that because I was just like, yo, um, you really set your mind towards something and you, you took action. And a lot of times we can get caught up in our own heads and have that imposter syndrome or just like, yo, maybe we shouldn't do this because it's not going to work out the way we want it to. Or, you know, maybe I'm just overthinking it. Um, I'm not confident in myself. Like, I'll try another day, but you need to trust your gut and just do what you need to do to make things happen. So I was very happy that at least I got a chance to interview with Kev. Unfortunately, history shows I did not get a job at Kev. <laughs> However, that kind of like set the precedent of what I wanted to do in my life. And uh, I can keep going on how, you know, that transition to where I'm at now. But that's the Kev story. Um, basically, took a chance, got to meet Ronnie Fegg, and I kind of just sparked my whole like hunger to get into the industry. I'm definitely uh, a Twitter user during work too. I definitely like, <laughs> like for you to just see that opportunity, I should say. And while you're just scrolling at work, it's like, it's crazy. It's like everything at the end of the day, it happens for a reason. And that's, that's super, super dope because it ended up opening doors, like countless doors that have ultimately kind of given you a career path, which is amazing. I do want to talk about a blog that you started with your twin brother and how that really started to open doors for you as well. So do you want to talk about that blog and like how, how that's really influenced your journey a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So it actually follows, you know, the Kiff's, the Kiff story. So literally when I say it sparked hunger um, in me to pursue the industry, like I was, that, that just sparked my creativity and I have a twin brother and we were again, very passionate about, sneakers and fashion and music. So we were like, yo, let's let's do a blog. And of course, blogs at the time were taking off. So this is when, you know, Complex is really more fashion oriented. And of course they were doing music too, but then you had other blogs, Hypebeast popping and, and things of that nature. So we were all ingrained into that. Um, but basically we wanted to start our own blog and, and show our like perspective on streetwear and what we like to wear, whether it's like all these different type of brands. Cause like literally we would just go to Soho and shop around, just visit stores. Um, and just kick it with people that were like just as like-minded at us or into it, into the culture just as much as we were. Um, so yeah, we started a blog called Identical Fly and I, it didn't take off. Like, I'll be honest with you, I, I learned a lot because we weren't as consistent as we should have been <laughs> to be real with you, but uh, it definitely opened doors because it allowed me to be creative and you'd be surprised like how many people are able to see your work um, when you, you you don't realize it, right? You, you, you forget that it, it just doesn't, it doesn't matter how many people see it. It just, it just matters if the right person sees it mm. quality over quantity. So, um, we were putting out content like weekly, maybe twice or three times a week on like IG. And then we had our like uh, website, we built a little email list, but essentially it caught the eye of someone at Jimmy jazz. Um, and like, just by the grace of God, like literally they were hiring for a marketing position, but it was like, it was a, a 
uh, marketing associate position for them. And it was a hybrid role where you you would do marketing, like mar help help market their events and also um, write copy on the website. It was very hybrid, write, write copy on the website, help with like content and, and photo shoots and handle their social media. So it was like just like three roles in one, but that's just how yeah. it was like back in the day for the most part. And I, I say back in the day loosely, but how it was just like a few years ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so the the blog caught the eye of, of and I won't say this person's name, but caught the eye of the person that was um, kind of the creative director at Jimmy Jazz at the time. And we connected and he was like, yo, your blog is dope, man. Like you ever considered, uh, you know, doing this, you know, doing marketing for like a retailer or do you have any experience in that area? And I was like, I honestly don't, but funny thing is, this is exactly what I want to do. So <laughs> let's do it. So uh, I interviewed with the, the brand and they, they brought me in uh to be their marketing associate and that that's what got me into the industry and it's been it's been history ever since so like at jimmy jazz i was able to really own social media and that's what uh you know led me to become quote unquote an expert in my field so there i was able to build out all their social media platforms work with all the their brand partners so of course that's your major footwear brands and work on those campaigns they were doing at the time um, so I, I learned a lot just about organic marketing. Uh, I learned a lot about content creation because I was literally hands-on with product and working with stylists and photographers on how to tell stories of all these different products. So I gained a wealth of experience of how to throw events, all type of stuff. So that really, really, really um, positioned me uh, in a great spot to like further my career. Um, yeah, so that's my journey to get into Jimmy Jazz. Well, that's my journey of how the blog got me to into Jimmy Jazz and so forth. What was the sneaker that started it all for you? How what sneaker got you involved in in the culture? Oh man, dang, that's a great question. Great <laughs> question. Uh, I gotta say, Air Max ninety, Ooh. Air Max ninety infrared. Yo, okay, that's that's the classics. Shoe classics, man. That's bro. I can I can buy five pairs of those. Like every time, <laughs> every time Nike decides to re-release, I'm on it. Like I'm buying every single pair, every single iteration. I brought like every single like. Um, uh, version of the Air Max Infrared 90, I, I think I have possibly um, in my in my closet right now. But that's a classic silhouette, uh, as we know the Air Max 90. But just the colorway, man. Like I got it. I got my first pair. I think probably in middle school, and then it, it was like for a party. So you know you had to get fresh for that, get yeah. it fit off. So that kind of like just like um, turned on my love for Air Maxes, and then I, I was hooked ever since. So that's definitely the Air Max 90 Infrared. How many sneakers you got in your closet? Yo, I haven't counted in a long time. Um, that's a yeah. I, I don't. You know what's crazy? I, I'm in the quote unquote sneaker industry, but I don't consider myself a sneakerhead. And it sounds okay. wild, but the reason I don't consider myself a sneakerhead is because like, I think the 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 term sneakerhead just it, it it's, it's taken on a negative meaning. Not negative mm -hmm. like in a bad way, but it's not as quote unquote cool as it used to be. I just think you know with the explosion of sneaker culture, like. A, a lot of a lot of like corny corny things have been happening. You should say, just say yeah. in in the world. So like sneakerhead has kind of just been gentrified a little bit, for lack of a better word. So I I'm just a lover of shoes. I like wearing my shoes. I like dressing in my shoes and and, and pulling off outfits um, that coordinate well with my shoes. Um, but if I had to give you a number, it'll be like in maybe two hundred range. I mm. think. Which nice. is probably is low compared to like sneaker sneaker ads. Like I ain't Clark Kent. Yeah. You know, I don't have ten thousand <laughs> pairs in the crib, but um I have a I have a good amount, man. I have a good amount. I don't wear all of them because you know how it goes. You just wear like t five pairs in a rotation for like the two weeks, every two weeks. 
I got to ask, man, you've been, you've made a few different stops now and you've accomplished a lot in a short amount of time. What do you really want to master next? Hmm. Uh, it sounds simple, but I want to master writing. And mm, okay. I, I want to master writing because I think in marketing or honestly, any, any industry or field that you're in, as you continue to grow throughout your career, you have to be a fantastic communicator. You have to be able to direct. Uh, I'm not going to say be a dictator, but you have to be able to communicate effectively. And a part of communication is writing. So if you're a very excellent writer, we write a ton of emails, you have to write presentations, you have to learn how to translate information and simplify for leadership and things of that nature. That, that all requires writing. So um, I've tasked myself to become a better writer because in the end of the day, it helps me communicate better. So that's something I want to master because obviously I, I don't want to just stay in my current position. I want to continue to grow within the marketing world um, and eventually be a CMO one day. Where in your life are you playing safe? Where in my life I'm playing it safe? That's a good question, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing it safe. I don't I don't put myself out there as much as I should. Um, and by that, I mean like being a thought leader in the space, right? My expertise is social media. I, I would say I'm doing a pretty good job <laughs> based on like my success and performance on a, a, a bunch of different brands, but I don't really vocalize, not necessarily my achievements there, but I don't really share out like, what brands can be doing to improve their social media strategy. Like yeah. I don't, I don't really share out my opinions or POV on what's currently happening, happening in the industry, whether that's like this brand rolled out this campaign. This is what I liked about it. This is what I didn't like about it. Um, this celebrity could have done this better to promote their product, et cetera, et cetera, or any news or things that's happening in the industry. I can definitely uh, share my opinion more publicly about that and, and, you know, build my presence from an expertise standpoint, uh, which I haven't done so. But that is part of my goals, definitely heading into 2022, is to definitely put myself out there uh, and just really show how, you know, my expertise in marketing and social media. Well, Byron, I do have one more question for you. Actually, there's going to be another question after, and it's a quick one. But this is the, the last deep question I got for you, and it's what okay. makes you strange on purpose? What makes me strange on purpose? What makes me strange? So, all right. So the way I, when I, if I hear that question, I'm thinking of the word strange and I don't believe in the word strange. Everyone is unique, right? So mm -hmm. I, everyone has a unique characteristic about themselves. Yep. So how am I unique on purpose? No, not, I'm playing not to <laughs> mess, mess, mess around with your name, but no, um, I'm strange on person because one, I'm an identical twin, which is amazing. It's fascinating to have a, a, a guy that looks just like you and, and does dope shit too. Sorry, I didn't mean to curse. Um, You're good. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I'm strange on purpose because I don't know anything. Mm, expand on that. Right. So when someone says, you don't know anything, what does that mean? I, I don't know anything. And basically, that's just a rule of thumb that I live by. Um, and it just, it, what it basically means for me is that we don't know everything and there's always room for improvement. There's always room to learn more things and just sharpen your skills. So I really believe that's a, a skill set to always recognize what you mm. don't know and what you need to learn. And I think a lot of times we get caught up on the things we do well and what we um, are good at, of course, and we excel in, but we don't really pay attention to our weaknesses and how we can build on that. No one's perfect. Uh, you won't be, you know, the, the, you won't have the best score in every single, um, 
every single thing, but you know, you can be a, a great generalist. And I think I'm learning and seeing how successful, like really successful people are and they're generalists. They're, they have expertise in certain fields, but they also know how to do other things that they learned on their own. Where can, where can people find you? Where can people follow your journey and check out some of the work? Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, first and foremost, follow Foot Locker. We got a lot of things going on. We're on, we're on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. On TikTok, follow us on TikTok. It's exciting for me to kind of jump into an emerging platform and really speak to Gen Z and show the Foot Locker brand a new light. So please follow us on TikTok. I'm sure you'll love the content there. If you don't, let me know why you don't like it. I don't have any <laughs> hard feelings. It's all good. I just love hearing people's thoughts uh, uh, about you know the content that we put out. But on a personal level, follow me on IG. Um, I'm active there. You can follow me at Byron, B-Y-R-O-N, and then uh, S-T-E underscore if. So Byron, S-T-E underscore if, I-F. Um, and I'm on Instagram, man. Give me a follow. Send me a DM, whatever. Let's chop it up. I love networking and meeting new people. So, yeah, feel free to give me a shout. Byron, I appreciate you jumping on the, the Strange on Purpose podcast. Yo, Izzy, it's been a pleasure, man. Definitely a great interview. I appreciate all the questions and getting to talk to you, man. Thank you for listening to the Strange Up Purpose podcast. As always, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the episodes before, please like, review, follow the podcast on Instagram, drop a review on Apple or Spotify or wherever you check us out. Helps the podcast grow immensely. So I appreciate you. I could not do this without you. 